You're listening to Blissful Prospecting, and today we're talking to Nimit Bott, Managing Director of Business Development and Partnerships at Memory Blue, about patterns of successful SDRs. One thing that's really cool in any sort of subject, if you get to do it, and we talk obviously in this podcast a lot about sales and prospecting, but is to study people or pick people's brains that have experience working with a lot of different types of people. So if you're an SDR, that could be talking to people that have worked with a lot of different SDRs across different industries and companies and that sort of stuff. It's one thing I try to do a lot of in my line of work, because if I can you know, bring in perspectives as a trainer or a consultant or a coach from other companies and other industries, it makes my knowledge much more valuable to the client. And what I'm excited to do today is I get to talk to someone that has managed over 300 SDRs, has spent eight years at a company working their way from the SDR position into a leadership role, and just has a ton of different perspectives. But before we get into that, if you're listening to the show for the first time, my name's Jason Bay, and this is Blissful Prospecting. My goal is to help you think outside of the script when it comes to your prospecting approach and help you use proven tactics and strategies to set more meetings. Our guest today is Nimit Bot. So he's Managing Director of Business Development and Partnerships at Memory Blue, which is essentially an outsourced SDR. Uh, agency. So people can come to them and say, hey, we want more meetings. And they sort of outsource their reps and set meetings for people. Pretty cool company. But again, the unique perspective that Nimit has and that I'm excited to get into is he's managed over 300 SDRs. And he worked his way up as an SDR. So what I really am going to pick his brain and uh, brain on, excuse me here, when you listen to it, is the patterns that he saw both going through this process himself and then now getting to observe all of these SDRs, like what makes a successful SDR? So even if you're not an SDR or BDR or AE and work in that type of environment, this is going to be a really, really great interview if you're a rep and you want to work your way up through a company. So we're going to dig into that sort of stuff. Before we get into the interview, make sure to check out the show notes at blissfulprospecting.com slash podcast for any of the links. You'll find more episodes there. On our website, you'll also find something that we put together called the reply method. So if you're looking for a more structured approach to your messaging and your emails and what you're seeing in calls, you can get that at blissfulprospecting.com slash podcast too. It'll all be on that page. Um, yeah. So thanks for being here. Let's get into the interview. So we met first uh, briefly at a MSP event, right? Modern That's Sales right. That's so, right. We, yeah, we, we were paired up in a breakout group. Yeah. So we got to talking and I heard you talking about really what stuck out to me actually is that you seem to be like a pretty fun person and didn't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> yeah. That's part of my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just a lot more fun, especially in sales. I'm like, it's such a hard yeah. job, especially to lead people. You gotta have a little bit of fun. You know, while you're you gotta doing have it. fun. You gotta have fun. Yeah. I mean, sales is full of rejection and letdowns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got, you got to have fun with it. You know, it's, you got to have that personality. And I think especially the manager, it's a good personality you have too, as long as yeah. you know when to turn it off, which um, I, I feel like I know when to turn it off. <laughs> well, that actually might be a good place to start is for where, where does the line do you think in having good personal relationships with your boss, if you're an SDR or if you're managing yeah. these folks, where's the line between that and 
you know, taking it too far and, you know, kind of crossing the line a little bit where it makes it almost hard <laughs> yeah. to hold people accountable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to have that fine balance between being liked and being respected. Yeah. And, um, I think it's especially difficult for like a new manager where, mm-hmm. you know, one day you are surrounded by your peers as SDRs. And then the next day you are now their manager and you have to kind of balance that. Um, it's definitely something that was really difficult for me when I first started. And, uh, I think is the longer you do it, that age gap starts to kind of be a little bit larger and it's, you know, your SDRs aren't people that you're kind of hanging out with on the weekends as much, but yeah, you, I mean, you know, you, you've got it. Yeah. You got to find that balance. You know, the, I've seen managers that just worry about being liked. That's all they focus on. And there's a lot of things that work with that, but then it all, it all comes apart. And then I've been on the other side where I've, I've seen reps that are just focused on being respected and that that's all they want. And they kind of carry a big stick. And, um, I've seen that not work out as well. So yeah, you have to find that, find that balance somewhere. It's gonna be different for everybody. Yeah. What were some of the things that, and maybe we just start at the beginning here. Cause one of the things yeah. that really sticks out to me about you, that's very non-millennial. Cause I found out that we're both millennials. We're about the same age. We're, yeah. oh, I'm 31, dude. I forgot okay, about you're that. You're a little bit older. You're a little bit I'm older. older than you. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 <laughs> after, after like 27, like you just like, all right, I don't, I don't know how old I am. Yeah. Wake me, wake me up when I'm 40. I know exactly, man. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me in researching you, the very non-millennial thing that you've done is you've worked at one company your entire career. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, let's start at the beginning. So you were an SDR. <laughs> Why did you decide to yeah. stay at the same company? Like, what was the, what was the thinking? And I'm sure some of it happened maybe by accident almost, but what? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, coming into it, you know, the, the whole kind of memory blue culture is, yeah, you know, come here, get good at being an SDR, get really good at being an SDR, and then have the opportunity to either go work for the client that you're assigned to, or when you get to your year mark, your 15-month mark, that Memory Blue will help place you out somewhere um, as an SDR. And that was kind of the whole path. That was kind of the only, the only path when I first started. And what ended up happening is through the course of my nine months as an SDR, other paths opened up within the company. Um, thing, you know, paths into management, into closing roles for the company, things like that. I mean, the company was maybe, I don't know, 20 or 25 employees when I, when I started with, with, with them eight years ago. And now oh, we're wow. I mean, over 150, I think close to 200 employees. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the main path. I, I reported directly to uh, one of the co-founders of the company as an SDR, which was terrifying at the <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, I mean, paths opened up. I, I always... I always knew I wanted to be in management. Like when it came to being in sales, you know, individual contributor versus, you know, leadership, I always wanted to be a, a manager. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of the path I wanted to be on. So I, you know, I had the opportunity, the client I was assigned to wanted to hire me. <clears throat> and then um, I had a promotion opportunity with a memory blue to lead uh, an SDR team. And that was kind of like my first kind of crossroads in my, in my career is nine months out of college. Hey, do I go be a manager or do I go work for my client and kind of see, you know, what path I can take there. And, uh, I went back and forth about 77 times and then, um, you know, decided, all right, you know, I, I want to stay with the company. I want to grow with this company. Um, this is my path to get into management, which is exactly what I want to do. And, um, yeah. And I decided to kind of take, take, take that risk and, uh, yeah. And, kind of just been riding the wave since it's, it's been, it's been a fun ride. So I noticed you're a poli sci and legal yeah. policy major, right? So why, why an SDR? Cause back in 2012, 
now like companies really brand, they care for their SDRs and it's, things are a lot more systemized usually. But what made you decide to take a job as an SDR then where it's like, hey, Nimit, uh, come do this job where all you do is cold call and cold email people all day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so part of it was, I, th- I don't even think the term SDR was really that prevalent back then. I mean, yeah. they were still called account executives. Right? Uh, okay. So like now you think account executive, you think AE. So when I saw account executive, I was like really big in a madman at the time. I was like, oh, account executive, that sounds like something that's like Don Draper, you know, account executive. And it's Get whiskey in the office, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but like what? <laughs> I mean, what, He's what like, really yeah, there's whiskey me, in the office. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. It's a sales office. What do you expect? Yep. Uh, there's ping, ping pong and whiskey. So um, what, what really pulled me in was I actually had a buddy of mine uh, who I knew in college and he was a senior when I was a freshman. So I kind of knew him for one year and then I kind of kept in touch with him. He was already working at Memory Blue and as a poli sci major, I was on a pre-law track and I did an internship <clears throat> my senior year of college in New York City with a law firm and absolutely hated it. I came back from that um, summer. I'm like, man, I don't want to be a lawyer. Um, this is not the career path. This is not the career I thought it was going to be. It's not, it's not like suits like I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I came back, I had one last semester to finish up. I'd already taken the LSAT. I was like kind of lost of what I wanted to do. And I remember prior to that internship, I had run into you know, this friend of mine, his name's Thaddeus. And um, he had brought up this company he was working on called Memory Blue. And he's like, hey, you know, if the whole law school thing doesn't work out, reach out to me. I'd love to kind of get, you know, get you involved. And I'm like, this kind of sounds like a pyramid scheme. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? Oh. And, um, but, you know, I, I reached out to him. He got me the interview process. I learned a whole lot about um, kind of that, that world of sales, especially technology sales, because yeah. um, I never really knew it existed. You know, back then, I think there was this kind of preconceived notion that about salespeople, assumptions that were made about salespeople. And I never thought I would ever, you know, go into sales. And uh, the fact that I get to work with technology and not have to be like, you know, engineering minded and have to know the ins and outs of the product that I can just, you know, explain it to people. Uh, that was something that really, really intrigued me. Um, at, at the time when I was in college, I was working at our campus bookstore selling computers. So I was already kind of like, that was like my first sales gig. Um, so kind of took the opportunity and um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I knew nothing about it going in. <laughs> knew very yeah. little. That's funny because uh, whenever I've trained or gone in and worked with people that are pretty new to sales, I always ask them, you know, who here, you know, raise your hand if you wanted to be a salesperson when you grew up and no one raises their hand. Nobody. It's, it doesn't yeah. seem like a career that people want to get into. And hopefully that's starting to change because I think yeah. sales is the, is the coolest job ever. It's so and, much fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah. what's interesting uh, to me about that is, so you were kind of already doing it and just from talking to you, it seemed, it, it seems like a pretty natural career path, but when you first started doing it, were there any challenges that you had in the first couple of weeks? Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I, I, I couldn't handle the rejection. Rejection yeah. was so hard for me to take early on. Um, you know, cause I, I always wanted to like be, be the best, right? Like I wanted to be able to have these conversations. I wanted to convince these, these prospects. And it was like the ones that I got hung up on early on in the call or the ones that, you know, you, you know, as an SDR, especially early on, it's easy to kind of dig yourself a big hole when you try to, to talk too much about the product. Uh, when as an SDR, you're really only supposed to know enough to be dangerous and qualify and then just have that follow-up <laughs> yeah. meeting. But at a certain time, like, trying to have a technical conversation. Um, but yeah, the rejection early on was was tough for me. Um, but, you know, that, that that's the fun part of, of being in sales and putting a lot of activity is that you can make a bunch of mistakes and you just keep grinding and you'll, you'll have more at-bats. Um, so, yeah. 
what did your parents think of you getting into a sales job when you were going to be a lawyer? <laughs> uh, how much time do we got? Um, no, it's a sales uh, therapy session. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of like the the podcast you you were on with me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they they obviously weren't happy. Um, but again, I don't blame them for it because, like I was saying earlier, I think there were certain assumptions that were made about people who were in sales because I think. You know, back then, and maybe even today, when when you hear that you're in sales, people just think like door to door salespeople, right? Or, you yeah. know, they just think of like cheesy car salesman type. When it's like, no, that's actually not really what it is. Um, so yeah, it was definitely it. T- it took a little bit of uh, kind of convincing, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it all kind of worked itself out. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they definitely they definitely weren't weren't too excited about it. Not as excited they would have been if I told them I was going to law school or. I was going to be a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer, or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, I have to imagine because you were on one of those more, I would say, traditional you know career paths for for many yeah. people, like getting into law or medical or whatever it might be. Right. Um, so you mentioned rejection. When you were going through this in your first couple of weeks, was there a point where you started to overcome the mindset stuff around rejection? Like, how did you end up moving past this and? One other question that kind of related to that, because you have this unique experience of working in a place where there's, that's all there is. It's, just, it's like an SDR right. you know, kind of shop, so to speak. Yeah. Um, how did you get over the rejection? And what did you see in the people around you that were able to kind of overcome that part of the, of the job? Yeah. Um, for me, it was a piece of advice that I got from one of, one of the, you know, the more senior SDRs that was there. He said, he said, you know what the best part about selling over the phone is? that you can be whoever you want to be. The person on the other end, they don't know what you look like. They don't know what you're wearing that day. They don't know any their age. They don't know anything about you. Like you can be whoever you want to be. And for some reason, I walked away from that conversation. I wasn't even asking for advice. I just like walked up to him and I just looked dejected. And he's like, hey, what's wrong? I was like, oh, you know, I just, you know, I've been hung up a couple of times today. And he's like, oh, you were the, and he gave me that advice. I walked away like super fired up for some reason. And I don't know, like that was just a good confidence boost for me. And that kind of helped me get over it. Because I think what ended up happening is, I guess the rejection for me, I just kept seeing it in like the eyes of the prospect, right? That if like I wasn't good enough. And, and I think once I got out of that mindset, I just like, no, like these are just business people and it's just how business is. Uh, it's not, you know, don't take it personally. Um, that's where I started overcoming it. And then with that, you just get more confidence. And, you know, it's like with any new SDR role, once you get those first few meetings, you know, it's like you feel a weight's been lifted off your shoulders and then the floodgates just open and you're, and you're, you're just, you just get in a groove and you just start going. Have you seen this rejection thing hold back, you know, people, just your peers when you were sort of rising up through the ranks, did this hold anyone back? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, over the course of my SDR management career, I probably managed like 300 plus SDRs. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've seen, I've, I feel like I've seen it all <laughs> at, yeah. at this point. Um, although, you know, so, you know, every now and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't think I've seen that before. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of things hold SDRs back. I mean, it's not a job for everybody. And I think you have to be wired a certain way to be successful in sales. And um, yeah, I've seen it hold a lot of, a lot of people back, not just rejection, but other things, you know, things like organization or um, just, just work ethic has, has held people back a lot in, in, in the role. Dude, let's dig into some of those things because that was what I... Th- what I think you have a really unique perspective on is, is one, you've worked your way up through the ranks mm-hmm. at this company, this you know, crazy, like over the eight years, the amount of progression there is pretty crazy. But the other thing is, yeah, you're working at a firm where 
you have a bunch of SDRs and that's, yeah. that's, that's the business, right? right? So you have this perspective of like all of these different SDRs selling into different industries and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. What are some, and you mentioned a couple of them, but let's, let's dig into some of those. Like, what are some of those like patterns that you've seen in successful SDRs that you've worked with? Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to hunger and curiosity. If you want to be good at really anything, you got to have that, but especially to be a successful SDR, you got to have the hunger and what, and the curiosity. What I mean by that is, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs and, you know, I don't know how your company is, is, is situated, but if it's like a monthly quota that you're trying to achieve, I mean, you're going to have great months. You're going to have really bad months and some technologies are very seasonal and the hunger is, you know, finding ways to keep yourself motivated uh, because you might be on a floor where other people aren't going to be as motivated as you and you have to kind of overcome that. Um, so have, having that hunger and, and thinking of ways, and I, I've seen SDRs use things, they, they put up pictures of like a car that they want to buy, you know, as, as motivation or, um, you know, I've had SDRs that were in the process of, you know, pr- you know, getting engaged soon. They'll put up a picture of like a ring of like, I want to be able to, to buy this ring for my, you know, soon to be fiance or, you know, a honeymoon location, or some people just put like a picture of a mansion you know, to, to, and whatever works. Right. Um, so just ha- having that, that hunger and then the curiosity and this kind of plays into not just the curiosity for the technology that, that you're selling. Um, but just like curiosity of like looking for ways that you can continually develop. I feel like a lot of SDRs just look at, you know, being an SDR as a job but then there are those that look at it as a craft or an art form and you know, your phone game and your outbound game, treating it like a game. And you think about some of the most successful athletes in the world, they still review film, right? Like Tom Brady is still reviewing film, right? Even though he's probably the greatest of all time. Um, so as an SDR, you gotta, you gotta get that way too. And, and that there's no, there's no way you can, there's no way to master sales. Like they, they, you, there's always room for improvement. It's like an instrument. You're never get, there's no, like, there's never gonna be a time where you pick up an instrument and you play it and you're like, I have completely mastered this instrument. I'm, I, I have nothing left to do. And sales is, is, is the same way. I mean, the, there's, there's continuous room for improvement and the, the best SDRs are the ones that even when they crush their quota and they get like 160% of their number, they still look for, for um, gaps in their game and, and ways yeah. to just get better. Let's talk about the hunger. I, so with the SDRs that you've seen, has that been more of a, hey, the hunger is either there or it isn't. I can't create it for you. Has it been more like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them have to, yeah, they kind of see the light. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, some of that stuff, yeah, some of that stuff is just like, you know, what kind of experiences have they had in, the, in, in their life? And th- those are the kinds of things we ask about a lot in the interview process is, you know, what's, what's the toughest goal that you've set for yourself that you'd actually achieve? Or what, you know, what was some adversity that you faced in your life? And, you know, if, if you've overcome some of that, then yeah, that, that stuff could translate really easily to, to, to the SDR role. Um, but yeah, some of that stuff can't be, can't be coached. You know, you, you have to have that, you know, that, that, that's why a lot of companies use like personality assessments and stuff yeah. just to see like, all right, like, you know, is, do, do you have it? Um, the curiosity, I think it works the same way. If you, if you don't see what you do day in and day out as, as a craft that you can continuously improve upon. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I, as a manager, can teach you to to do that. You kind of have to see that yourself. How, like a part of this, it sounded like, and this is something that I did, you know, way back in the day when I was in college. I worked with a company called College Works Painting. So I ran a house painting business over the summer, and yep. then I spent the last three years uh, as like a district manager, essentially a sales manager. And part of it 
keeping the interns, we called them, motivated to do their job and go door knocking and sell and that kind of stuff was helping them kind of find those intrinsic motivators or the, or extrinsic, you know, for some people. Right. Is there any part of that that you did with all the SDRs that you worked with where you sit down and really help them figure out, hey, what's going to motivate you to do this job that can feel very monotonous and just straight up be a grind sometimes? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I think kind of one of the lessons that I learned you know, early on, I'd always ask like, all right, so, you know, like, what's your end game? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I would always, you know, ask that question as like a way to figure it out. But, you know, at, but most of the SDRs that we hire are going to be right out of college or maybe like a year or two out of college um, in, the, in most cases. Um, so it's just like, that's kind of a dumb question to ask because <laughs> like nobody knows what they want to do. How could you know? Say. Yeah. So I'd ask that question and sometimes I feel like they just, they just say what I want to hear. I'm like, oh, I want to be in sales. Um, so I've kind of stayed away from, from asking that. I've kind of switched it to, all right, what's, what, you know, what's like your one year, five year and 10 year vision? Right. And that, that can be professionally, personally. I mean, just tell me like, what do you want to be doing a year from now? What do you, what do you want to be doing five years from now, 10 years from now? And, and you'd be surprised. Some people say like, yeah, you know, I, you know, one of my goals and this, a manager that I used to manage, um, she told me that one of her professional goals was to own her own bar studio. And, you know, that's not something that you want to hear someone say that you want to stay with you for, for several years, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's kind of part of it. And you have to say, Oh, okay, well, all right, now I know that you want to, you know, run your own studio location someday. So let, let, let me think of ways that I can teach you as part of your job right now as a manager, where you have to manage people, things that I can teach you now. Um, the same goes for SDRs, right? There are some SDRs that say, you know, I really want to, you know, be a closing rep. Um, or some SDRs say, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to own my own business someday. Um, or, you know, I, I want to go, I want to be a consultant or, you know, I, I think, I think maybe I, I want to try marketing for, for a year or two and then, and then decide whether I want to be in sales or marketing or I want to go into sales ops. Like, you know, you, you hear things like that and then you can kind of gear your development, your coaching towards, towards those things. Um, and then you want to find out professional or sorry, personally as well. Like, you know, what's, and you, you can just get that just by asking them questions, right? If they're in a really, if, if you see that they're in a serious relationship, you kind of can start asking questions like, oh, okay, yeah. Like what's kind of like your, your long-term plan? Like, let, let, let's figure out a way for you to be able to kind of a, a, afford a ring or, you know, to be able to pay for your wedding or, um, you know, what, what, what's a trip that you really want to take, um, you know, a year from now, two years from now, have you ever been outside of the country? No. Well, where, where would you want to go? Let, 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 you know, so let, let's figure out goals to, to get there. Um, you know, so, so things like that. It sounds almost like, and I mean this in the best way possible, but like a little bit of life coaching, not all the woo woo kind of life coaching, yeah. but actual like life. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm older than you. I've been through the block a little <laughs> bit. Like here's some things you might not be thinking about that cost money. And, um, so it sounds like you're helping them kind of think and, and set goals beyond just what do I need to accomplish today in my job or hitting my quota. Yeah. And then you're yeah. helping them connect the dots through something that's, that could be unrelated to working at memory mm -hmm. blue. Yeah. I mean, some days I'm a boss, some days I'm a guidance counselor, some days I'm an older brother, some days I'm a parent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of dealt, dealt with it all. <laughs> I think that's super cool, man, how you connect Oh, you want to be, cause I could see, totally see the translation with an SDR manager, for example, you want to run a business. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about what it takes to run a business, you know, yeah. autonomy and being able to manage your own schedule and being mm -hmm. self-motivated and driven. 
those are all things that you can practice right now as an SDR manager. You know, for yeah. example. So that's yeah. cool. and, and when they fall flat, it's easy to bring those things back up again. You know, yeah. so you know, if they if they maybe missed a deadline on something or they didn't communicate something to you properly or they dropped the ball on something, you can kind of relate it back to you. All right, well, let's 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 talk about how this could affect you if you made this mistake running your own studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you suggest in SDR do that maybe didn't quite have or doesn't in the present have a manager that's like someone like you that's going to ask them some of these questions? Mm-hmm. What do you think some are the things that they can do to stay self-motivated? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there, there are a couple things. I mean, I I would I would encourage that it, you know that they would look for somebody that they can go to as a to, as a mentor, right? If there's people that they admire, that they maybe see on LinkedIn. Um, if there are people, I mean, the easiest thing to do is you know go to LinkedIn, look at your alumni group for whatever college you went to, and see if there are people that are in sales, right? Uh, and and you'd be surprised, and you know, especially if you went to a really really big school. Um, or even went to a small school. I mean, you can opening up a conversation. Um, I, I feel like people, w- you know, they, they're they're more open to it, right? I'm I'm used to getting sales emails all day, but if I got an email saying, "Hey, you know, I saw that we both are from Maryland," um, you know, I'm actually, you know, just started out my career in sales, and I'd love to just talk to you more about it and just hear your thoughts and your advice. I mean, I'm responding to that email immediately. Um, yeah. So you know, yeah, just looking for for somebody who can get that from. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if there, there, there's no shortage of people like that on LinkedIn, you know, if, if you, you know, you, you follow like the, the Josh Bronze and the Jason Bays of the world, right. I mean, <laughs> yep. you, you, you can, you can find a mentor, um, and I, I highly encourage it. And even if you do, even if you do have a manager who, who does kind of check all the boxes, I would still look for like an outside perspective from some type of mentor to help with their professional development. Yeah, that's something I honestly made a big mistake of early in my career was not seeking mentorship outside mm-hmm. of the company. Because when you go to inevitably do something else, either outside of that company or on your own, having mentors and a network outside of your existing job is really, really right. going to help give some insight that you might be blind to because mm-hmm. you're so close to the forest, you can't see the trees. You know, I guess this right. is right. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, uh, hungry. So this hunger aspect you mentioned uh, being one of those you know patterns of a successful SDR. So this curiosity thing is interesting. So is curiosity, do you look at that sort of the same where it's, I can't really teach it. You either are a curious person or you're not, or is it something that you teach or a blend of the two? Yeah. I mean, I think salespeople naturally are just curious. I mean, you have mm. to be curious to, to be in sales. You have to, you have to ask a lot of questions, right? And you have to, you know, that, consulta- that consultative selling um, aspect of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just not just, you know, asking prospects certain questions, but it's also asking yourself a lot of questions and asking how you can better develop and how you can focus on certain things to improve your game each week. It's kind of like the law of averages, right? If you just focus on one little thing every day, you know, over the course of time, you're going to be developing a lot, a lot faster, I guess, compounding interest, um, is the typical analogy that I see about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think parts of it are going to, going to be, you kind of have to be wired a certain way, but I mean, you know, I, I, even if you find yourself in a position where, you know, you feel like you're doing really well, I mean, I encourage you to look, be super critical of yourself and look for gaps in your game because, you know, that technology that you're selling right now, you're, you're not, you're not going to be selling for the rest of your life. And you might find yourself, you know, finding, making a career move to a different industry within tech. Um, or outside of tech, and you know you'll have to kind of figure out ways to kind of adapt 
that way. Um, so, you know, you had, having that curiosity within yourself and constantly looking for ways to get better. Um, I mean that, yeah, I mean that, 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 that's something that I, I always encourage my SDRs to, to work on. What are some of the things that you suggest, or maybe some of the things that you did as an SDR to like, how do you get started? Cause I, I think that a lot of yeah. people, Oh, I need to get better at cold calling. Well, do I need to read a whole book on that? Do I start following people? Do I get courses? Like what are some, I guess, first steps for someone that might have treated it like a job, but is wanting to really take it more serious, but might have a family or other obligations where it's not going to be their life. It's not going to be something they do yeah. 80 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the first thing is I would listen to all of my conversations, right? That, that's, that's what I started doing. Yep. I mean, um, you know, I thought, I thought, I thought you meant that for people to listen to your conversations. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not a bad idea, but just listen um, to everything I have to say. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm putting myself into the, into the shoes of, yeah. of that SDR. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So the, yeah, the first thing I would do is to figure out how to get my calls, calls recorded. If, if your company is already, it provides a way for you to do that. Take advantage of it. Like no other be the, be the one SDR that uses that software religiously, whether it's a chorus or a gong or a exec vision or whatever you use internally, there are apps you can download. You can, you can kind of, you know, go into your own pocket and spend a few bucks a month and find some type of recording software for yourself. If your if your employer doesn't provide it for you, but that's, that that's first and foremost. Do you um, have any tech recommendations? Mm-hmm. I saw you put out something on LinkedIn. You tagged me. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know of anything besides taper recorder on your iPhone, but that's kind of a pain in the butt, right. you know? Yes. Yes, I do. I know putting you on the spot here, but I, I was no, curious. I just, yeah, just give me a second here to pull up uh, an email that I sent um, with, with, with those recommendations. Because this is a really great idea. And I think that a lot of, at first glance, it doesn't look like there's an easy way for, as a rep, to get recordings of your calls unless you throw down thousands of dollars. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy what you can find in, in 2020. I mean, the, the, the world is huge. Um, all right, let's see here. Yeah, so there's um, there's a software called uh, Recordia Pro, um, so R E C O R D I A P R O. Um, that that's actually something that came highly recommended from our friends over at, at Factor Eight. What they and what what it does is um, you sign up for it, you call a phone number, and then you hear a beep, and then you dial the number that you want to you want to dial. Oh, perfect for your, for your prospect, and it records it. And then there's an app called Rev R E V. Yeah. Uh, that's iOS and Android. And, um, yeah. And so th- I mean, th- those are two right there, um, that, that you can use. Um, and I, and you know, I, I would look to see, especially kind of right now, uh, companies are, are being a lot more generous <laughs> with free trials and things like that. So, um, yeah, so yeah, so that, that that's, that's first and foremost, I, w- I would look for ways to record your conversations because that, that, that's the best way that you're going to learn. And I would just start listening to calls and just being super, super critical. Like, and it's, it's very hard to do. It's, it's going to be very painful. Um, but I highly encourage you to rip off that Band-Aid and just get comfortable listening to your own voice. I, I still, to this day, I hate listening to the sound of my own voice. Um, Me too. But, um, <laughs> it's painful. But, yeah, I listen I mean, back to these podcasts because yeah. I'm working on becoming a better interviewer. And I'm like, yeah. ugh, ugh, I need to <laughs> I stop know. doing that so much. Why do I sound like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this uh, but, is really great advice, man. So recording, yeah. it sounds like there's a couple of apps that you can use to make this a little easier. Yeah. 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 Just be super critical. I mean, for every little thing. I mean, you can, I used to play a game where I would count all the ums 
that, that, that I would say on a call and keep a tally. And then I know, all right, I said, um, you know, 17 times during this call. So then next week, my goal is to only say, um, 15 times and Mm -hmm. and no more than 15 times and like little thing and, and just make it a game for yourself. And, um, yeah. And I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they try to, you know, they, they, they listen to a call and they'll be like, okay, I need to get better at discovery. And it's right. Or I need, I need to get better at asking questions. And that's just too vague. You have to get very, very, very granular and kind of say, all right, I need to get better at, at the ums, or I need to make sure that I ask more open-ended questions. I need to ask at least two open-ended questions on, on like all my conversations, or, um, you know, I need to make sure that, that when I close for a meeting that I ask for this or that, or I ask them if they should, if, if, if they want to add anybody else to the call, it gets super, super granular and niche. And then just work on improving that and don't move on to the next thing until you have completely overcome that, 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 that minor challenge, or you, you fix that part of your game. And once you fix that, you move on to the next thing and the next thing. And it's hard to do, not just for the reasons I mentioned, but because we as millennials, we are just very impatient people to begin with. And we mm-hmm. live in the world of instant gratification. And you have to understand that the best athletes in the world didn't get, didn't get really good overnight. Um, you know, I'm watching the Michael, jo- the Michael uh, Jordan documentary right now. Yeah, me too. And, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, he wasn't always great. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he used, to, he used to be pretty bad. And he, and he got really good with determination and practice. So it's, it's the same way in sales. I mean, just focus on one thing at a time get really good at it, they move on to the next thing and then the next thing. And then you'd be surprised over the course of a month or two months how much better you're going to sound, which is another reason why you want to record your call so you can actually hear your progress. Yeah, I, that's such a huge thing. I, that's why I love habit tracking. Just using an app right. or some sort of checklist where you can be like, oh, wow, I ate healthy two weeks in a row now. It makes it really yeah. easy to continue going because you get super pumped up. Um, what else, man? What are some of the other things that you see or recommend that uh, you know SDR should do to you know, kind of build their skills, especially in their you know f- maybe first couple of years. If someone's looking to get on more of a manager track, even let's say, is there any other things that you worked on or that you recommend that SDRs work on? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, if you're exploring wanting, if you're exploring a path into management, the first thing you got to re- you got, first thing you got to figure out is whether management is for you. Um, because I think there are a lot of people that just think, oh, if I'm a really good SDR, then I'm going to be a really good SDR manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always the case. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've seen it go both directions. Um, but start mentoring people like within your organization. Um, talk to your manager about any opportunities there. Um, I'm sure your manager would love <laughs> to have somebody volunteer um, to, to help out. Uh, but yeah, take, take an SDR under your wing and, or, or ask, ask your manager if you can just run one of the huddles that, that, that you have, right. If you kind of do like a daily stand up or anything like that, like ask if you can run one and that'll give you a better idea. Um, or, you know, ask your manager, Hey, you know, next time, you know, you take a day off, like, could I kind of, you know, run a training session or could I kind of like, you know, run things for, for a day? Um, and, and just make it known, right. Like you can make it known that you're interested in one, uh, wanting to be a manager and see if, see if it's for you and whether you can kind of take that, you know, take, take on the, those responsibilities. Um, because what you'll quickly learn is that the way that you learn something is not going to be the way that they will learn something. Um, and, uh, that, that's probably one of the things I learned right away is like, oh man, like, like this is, I have to kind of cater my management style to each person individually. Um, so 
yeah, you, you, you got, you got to get out there and figure out whether it's something that that first day that you want to do. And then ask yourself kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. I mean, you know, asking yourself whether, you know, can I, can I walk this line between being liked and being respected? Um, and, and am I going to be able to push back on people? Um, and then things like that. Dude, I love this. So in your experience, what you've seen people that are able to move up, does it typically work like that where this person has to prove in their current job that they can do the next job up before they get the opportunity? Is that typically how it's worked? I mean, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm in a position to promote somebody or to recommend somebody for promotion, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be great to kind of see them. I mean, knowing that they can't just like do the job today, they're going to need training to do lots of parts Mm -hmm. of it. But I mean, as an SDR, yeah. I mean, if, if they can take an SDR that's maybe struggling a little bit and they can help them and they help me help them, um, and, and make them better, that, that to me is a clear indication that they can do the coaching part of the job. Right. Or, yeah. or at least that they're on a better, they're in a better position to, to get better at doing that. Um, or if they do it and they come to me and they say, Hey, look, this is, this is kind of what I've been doing with this particular SDR. What else can I be doing? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, there are lots of opportunities, I think, as an SDR to, to do that if, if you want to move into a management position. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's, it's great to hear you say that because that's what I've always recommended is you have to do the things for the next job to like, that's going to increase your mm-hmm. chances of getting it. And it's a great way to work on the skills at the same time. Uh, what are some other things that you've noticed just in the last eight years, anything else that you've noticed or recommend that top SDRs like these, these patterns even bad things, you know, things that you see that would be a little bit of a red flag for someone that's looking to really be great as an SDR and, and work their way up the ladder or anyone else that's, you know, a salesperson at a company for. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's, you know, I think it, what it comes down to is, um, you know, make sure that the organization is supporting you in terms of giving you constant training and, mm-hmm. and, and knowledge and, de- and development. Um, you know, I always told myself that if that the, you know, the day that I walk into work, uh, and I don't feel challenged or I don't feel like I'm learning something, that's the day that I start looking elsewhere. And, um, it's been eight years and I still haven't had a day like that. <laughs> uh, there's always a new challenge or there's always a, a new situation that I find myself in. Um, so I encourage people, especially salespeople to, to, to do that. But I think another thing and this goes back to the whole kind of instant gratification and um, you know, how we're naturally just impatient is you have to have kind of a calculated patience with, with the job. There are SDRs that I've managed that after three months in the job, they think that they're like some God of inside sales and that, that <laughs> they, they've got it all figured out. And it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. okay. Just you, you gotta, you gotta do the job a little bit longer. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've seen those like six months in they're like, Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to start closing deals. I'm like, no, you're not. You, you, you got to get, you, you got to completely, you got to master being an SDR first before you can move, move, move to the next step. And, um, I think we see that across lots of industries, not, not just sales. Um, but just having a calculated patience, right? Not having complete patience where you're, you're doing the same thing for several years, but you know, having a, a calculated patience, like knowing that, all right, you know, I still have a few more months to develop and, um, you know, I, I, I should spend a few more months, you know, in this role before moving on to, to the next one. Where you know I, I you know I, I could find myself I could find an opportunity right now or in the near term, but I'm not going to be as successful. Gotcha. How important do you feel is the relationship that you know, a rep has with their manager and other people, other leadership in the company? How important do you think that you know plays a, a factor in them getting promoted? Yeah, I mean it's it's huge, and 
mainly because most SDR roles, I mean, that's going to be kind of like a early in your career. And this is kind of when you're the most moldable, you're most coachable, I don't know if vulnerable is the right word, but you know, like you're like, you're still very new in your professional career and your sales mm-hmm. career. And yeah, I mean, you want to learn from the people around you as much as possible. So yeah, I mean that, that manager relationship is huge. Um, and, uh, yeah, leadership within the company. Yeah. I mean that, that, that's also really big too. I mean, any, any opportunity you have to, you know, be able to sit down with a VP level person or a C level person within the organization, um, yeah, I would take advantage of it and ask questions. Ask questions about the company, right? I mean, ask questions about you know what what they've seen in their career and when when advice that they have for you. And um, I mean, I think all those relationships are, are are super important for sure. What would you? What would be important to you? And what would make you receptive to wanting to spend extra time, you know, mentoring? so to speak, a rep, because I'm assuming you don't have time to do that with all the <laughs> rugrats you got running around there. <laughs> and I mean, rugrats I mean, in the best way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to vary by person, but for, I mean, for me personally, um, I mean, I, if, if somebody, you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't just like come up and ask questions as much as they, as much as they should, or, or as much as you, as you, as you, you expect. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it would have to just be, I really, honestly, it's just, if, if I have an SDR, whether it's at memory blue or outside of memory blue and they come to me and they say, Hey, look, here's kind of like my story. And here's how, here's why I think you could provide value or why you could help me out. Um, I'm going to be receptive to as long as they're not trying to sell me something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think, I think you'd be surprised. There are a lot of people like, like myself, like you, like a lot of these other you know, people you see all over LinkedIn that, that are open to it. You just, you just have to ask, you just have to ask. And what's the best play? What's the best way to ask? Do you think? Because, and I ask that because I, I get asked some good ways. I think mm-hmm. what are good ways and some yeah. that are bad. And for me, the bad ones are when they put too much of the work on my plate to yes. figure out how to yes. help them and what they want. Yeah. Is your experience similar? Like how can someone, if they, if they want yeah to reach out to someone like yourself as a mentor, what do you suggest the best way is to do that for you to want to engage and interact with this person? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it could just be as simple as just like a quick message on LinkedIn. Um, just, you know, this is why I'm reaching out to you. This is why I think you'd be a great mentor for me. Here's, here's, here's kind of, you know, what, what I need help with. Um, can I just have 10 minutes uh, on your, on your calendar, just kind of just to, you know, meet you and to ask you some questions and just make sure you have good questions about kind of, you know, their, their career path and just certain questions around advice that, that you're looking for and be, be as specific as possible. Yeah. So make it really easy for you to tell if you can actually help this person yeah. or not. And they put some thought into exactly. the problem. Yeah. Dude, I, I, yeah, I can't stress that enough. I'm totally down <laughs> to spend a couple of minutes with someone. Yeah, if they're like, of course, Jason, I, I like this reply method thing. I've tried this for whatever reason. I just can't get it to work. And here's what I think is going on, but it'd be great to get your thoughts on it. You know, like I'm just so willing to help that person versus I'm struggling with prospecting. Can you help? (laughs) Uh, yeah, Yeah. I could. I don't, I'm not going to coach you for free, you know? And the other thing too, that I've been doing is just asking people, well, Hey, what specifically, I got this from Morgan Ingram. He shared Mm -hmm. on a different podcast, but what specifically, would you want to get away from a conversation? And to your point, if the person's like, yeah, this, this, and this, it's like, okay, cool. Let's yeah. do it, man. I mean, yeah, it could, it could be, hey, look, I saw on your LinkedIn that you know you, you, you transitioned from an SDR to an SDR manager after 
just just nine months. I'm I'm in a current position. I'm an, I've been an SDR for a year now. I, I'm thinking about going to manage. I'm not sure if it's for me. I, I'd love to get some advice around that. I mean, some, something like that for sure. You know, it only takes a few minutes of my time, mm-hmm. and you know, b- builds up my karma points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. uh, I got one more one more question around this, mm-hmm. and it's: Is there any sort of lesser known thing that you did or a strategy uh, that you used to like work your way up so quickly? At Memory Blue, yeah, I mean, you have to be very educated about the industry, and you know, yeah. and, and you have to be able to have those types of conversations, hold those types of conversations. And um, one thing that really worked for me as an SDR and as an SDR manager is setting up Google Alerts. So I would set up a Google Alert for which is like like one of those features of Google that people don't really realize that like what it is and don't really use it all that much. So I'm hoping they don't get rid of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's like you, you, t- you go to Google Alerts, you type in keywords uh, around certain topics, and anytime there's a new search result for that keyword, you'll get an email. You can get like a daily, a weekly digest of, all right, here are all your search terms. So I would do ones for um, you know, the, the, the technology I was selling for that company, for all their competitors. I would follow all the, all the big names in, in sales, um, uh, you know, trainers and consultants and um, people that have written books about management, uh, certain keywords around, um, you know, certain industries within tech and just to stay educated. And that's just a great way to do it. That doesn't take a whole, whole lot of time. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Google alerts, especially as an SDR, like that helped me so much and just kind of keeping on top of the industry I was selling into and I was selling for and, um, yeah, it, is, it helps you stay, stay educated. It just shows you care more when you're able to, you know, look into these things that, that, that's, that kind of played into my, my curiosity. <laughs> yeah. So. And then you're able to have really educated conversations with your manager and leadership, like you're yeah. saying, where it's like, hey, here's what I, you can actually predict trends that way. When you've yeah. been following something for long enough, you could say, hey, here's how I see myself fitting into this bigger, you know, sort of piece of the, the puzzle here that we have at our company. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I made a, a New Year's resolution one year to Wikipedia everything. <laughs> so anytime, anytime, what I mean by that, like anytime I heard a term or a word or something that I don't really know much about, I would immediately just go Google it and just try to just like learn about it as quickly as possible. Just like a quick, quick, quick little snapshot. Um, and, and just you kind of build this little knowledge base and yeah, you can have those types of conversations and then that like that just helps you in your career and with networking and, and all, all that stuff. Cool, man. Well, this is super good. I think we have a ton of great content here for anyone that's, you know, an SDR, BDR, anyone mm-hmm. doing prospecting that really wants to level up their game and, and not only be successful at their role, but anyone looking to get on a management track as well. Yeah. So um, any last, well, words of wisdom, anything like that before, uh, <laughs> before you take off here? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know right now is kind of a tough time for, for a lot of people in sales, but um, you know, keep grinding, keep making those calls, keep selling keep your head in the game and, you know, just work on one little thing every single day. Just try to find one little part of your game that you can improve on, fix it, make sure it's fixed and then just move on to the next thing. And, and don't worry. Don't, don't look at the clock. Don't worry that it's, it's taken you a week to overcome this certain part of your game. Just keep at it. And I, I promise you that good things will happen. Yeah, that's great, man. And before you take off, where's, where's the best place to connect with you? What do you want people to check out? All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. There aren't a whole lot of Nimit bots on LinkedIn, so I'll be pretty easy to find. Um, but I also have a podcast called The Sales Minute with Nimit. Um, it's a weekly short 10-minute 
uh, podcast where I bring on people like, like Jason um, to uh, ask a couple questions, get to know a little bit better. Um, so you can find that. You can download that wherever you get your, your, your podcasts. That was a fun interview. One of the big takeaways that I got from that that I wish I would have done earlier in my career was do two things, mentor others and then also have mentors, you know, especially outside of your company. So if you're looking to like really level up your game as a salesperson, my best advice for you would be to go find mentors outside of your company and potentially outside of your industry as well, but doing a very similar role. Like get that type of network and relationship going right now, and it's really going to help you in your career. Uh, before you take off, got one quick favor to ask you. One thing that really helps us grow the show and get more great guests on is for you to leave a quick review. Just be totally honest with what you think. Would love that on iTunes. It's Blissful Prospecting. You can search for it on iTunes or just go to blissfulprospecting.com slash iTunes. Leave an honest review, rate it real quick, take, take you two minutes, but it would really, really help the show if you dig this. And um, that's that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon.